0: Welcome to the Oklahoma Drill. Just Alex and Ryan this time. Free agency is moving too fast. Uh, we're having difficulty keeping up. Um, so let's just get right into it because I mean, who knows how
1: many of these podcasts we'll make over the next like week? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like it, it's wild that we are now to the point where we're breaking deals before it starts, like a yeah. full day before it starts. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think we'll we'll probably start with um, with the Kimba Walker news that he's going to be a Boston Celtic. And I want to look at this a couple ways. There is a thunder angle to this for me, at least. Um, mm-hmm. But let's just start with like, what do you think of them? You know, basically what they're doing is they're swapping Kyrie Irving and Al Horford for Kimba Walker. And, you know, I don't think that that's, like, talent-wise a fair trade. But what do you think about that in a vacuum? Or, or not necessarily in a vacuum, but for that situation, how do you think that will work out for them?
0: Um, you know, it's difficult to evaluate because Kyrie is such an easy scapegoat. Um, it's just really straightforward to say, yeah, all of Boston's problems are because Kyrie Irving is a weirdo jerk. Yeah. Um, And because he is a weirdo jerk, that seems really plausible. Um, my concern is that you're going to have essentially the same problem, um, that the Celtics had this year, except (laughs) now Kemba Walker is the superstar who has to make it work in spite of this and not Kyrie Irving. Um, and that that problem is that I mean you're bringing in, a, in another guy who's going to take shots away from your developing core who felt like they had earned these shots. Yeah, and like Kimba is probably a more agreeable person than Kyrie Irving. There aren't many more disagreeable people in the NBA than Kyrie Irving if these reports are true. But at the same time, like there's there's a lot to deal with chemistry wise in Boston, and like. You can't put it all on Kyrie. Um, And now you're replacing Kyrie with a player who I don't think any of us would say is better than Kyrie. Um, Certainly Michael Jordan wouldn't. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, that's 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 where I'm at with this is I I understand the move. I think that a lot of people might look at this as saying, well, this is good for the Celtics because it uh, you know, you get Kyrie out of there, and but you don't have to go into like rebuild mode or whatever. Um, right. And I, I'm concerned that there are underlying chemistry issues that certainly exacerbated by Kyrie being Kyrie, are not wholly due to Kyrie being Kyrie.
1: Yeah. So, and I have a trade that I think would help the chemistry issues coming up, but I think just you have to look at this as a win for the Celtics because they were legitimately, you know, they were kind of a laughing stock for a few days. You know what I mean? Because they had put a lot of eggs into the Kyrie Irving basket. And the fact that that was basically all so they could get Anthony Davis. And then Mm -hmm. that just turned into something that he just was not interested in and they couldn't pursue. Like that was, that was a really black mark for them as a franchise. And I think that getting a guy like Kimball Walker, um, taking advantage of the fact that he was in maybe the most inept situation in the league right now. Um, I think, I think it's a good look for them. Um, and like you said, they're going to be able to compete with, you know, even losing those two key players. And I honestly, I, you know, I think I was talking about earlier how I thought that if the Celtics were able to come up with a point guard, like, you know, I always thought of Mike Conley. That was the kind of guy that I thought they should pursue. Yeah. But I think Kimba is in that same mold. But I think that they can be a better basketball team next year without Kyrie. I think 90% of their chemistry issues are going to be gone next year between Kyrie Irving. I think Terry Rozier was a big problem for them. Yeah, that's true. Um They probably I'm not saying Marcus Morris was a problem chemistry wise, but he was another one of the like kind of wing type players that was taking minutes away from guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Right. So him being out of there in all likelihood probably clears up a little bit more. There's just more minutes and more shots to go around for the guys that really matter to that organization. Right. Um, And and so I
0: being another year removed from his injury. And maybe right. more like he's earned the minutes he's getting. That will help right. with that as well.
1: Yeah. So, well, actually, I have a trade involving okay. Mr. Gordon Hayward. Mr. Gordon. Yeah, that I I think you know I think that there were obviously some issues with him. I don't think that they dislike him, but they disliked that Brad Stevens was giving him every opportunity to be effective last year, even though he really wasn't for the majority of the season. Right. Um, And the fact with their history, it seemed like there was some favoritism going. Um, And you also look at the Celtics front court now, and there's a huge, massive hole at center. Right. Yeah. Um, And so I think that there's a pretty obvious trade that um, I think would really help them as a basketball team, because I think, They are clearly fully invested in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I don't think there's any question about that, that those are the guys that their future is kind of built around. You know, they signed signed Kimba. That's exciting. They still have Marcus Smart. Cool. Great. But, like, the only two guys that really matter to the future of that franchise are Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, right? Um, And so I think that they need to probably – move away from Gordon Hayward if I'm being honest because like I said he just mucks things up a little too much for those guys they play the exact same position as him and so you could throw them all out there but like I don't really see any of those guys as being really effective fours like Hayward can a little bit but you're going to be at a disadvantage if you're if you're throwing that out there especially defensively and rebounding so I And without a center, that is, like, if you don't have a great center next to those three, you're going to have issues defensively. Um, So I think the move is, I mean, we've talked about it, but why not trade Gordon Hayward for Steven Adams?
0: Right. This is, um, I think this is the dream scenario, right? In OKC, I think Hayward, another year removed from that injury is like far and away the best value. The Thunder could get for Adams, which is why I don't think it'll happen because of age. Um, But no, I think it makes a lot of sense for both teams. Um, Wing depth is the Thunder's first, second and last priority, right? Like, there's no issue that has plagued the Thunder more than an inability to have a surplus of wings that can shoot and defend. Right. um, And be a complete basketball player. Um, and Gordon Hayward is that, um, the Celtics are the team, have been the team in the league over the past two years that have just stockpiled every single one of those guys. Um, and now that they have a log jam there, it kind of makes sense for them to try and relieve the pressure of that. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good win. Win move for both organizations. Um, to me, the two biggest obstacles are first that it is a win-win move, um, and that like, I don't know. I don't know if Danny Ainge is into making win-win moves, um, and also uh, the just smorgasbord of center talent available on the market in free agency this uh, summer, which I don't know how. Much the Celtics are going to be able to splash after the Kemba signing, um, but I mean, even today, Nene came. Out, it, Nene is on the market now too. I right. Mean, there are so many centers on the market, which is why, yeah. like the same reason the Thunder want to deal Stephen Adams, because you know they can get more value back and then get his production back from a cheaper center, is exactly the reason he's difficult to deal. Because there's so many centers going to be available in free agency.
1: Yeah, so the way I look at this is Boston's not going to have significant cap space in order to really open up any significant room to add one of those big time centers that are available. Um, So they're looking at, you know, like I think a Robin Lopez might be the best they'd be able to do with the um, with the money that they have available. And like you're talking mid-level exception at that point. Um, which would be a fine option for them. I'm not saying that they, you know, that in all all reality, the value of that is probably higher because you still have Gordon Hayward. Um, But I'm just looking at how Steven Adams, I think, would fit with that team. And I think it would be pretty seamless. I think that's one of the teams that you don't really have to have a shooting five because they have so much skill and shooting at the other positions. Like you, you pair Kimba Walker and Steven Adams Right. And you don't have the issue like you do with Russ, where the center just drops back and is able to kind of control both guys because Kimba can shoot the shit out of the ball off the dribble. Right. You know what I mean? And so that's going to open things up for Steven Adams and the fact that you've got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown spreading the floor. Um, I think that that's a really interesting, like you could throw those two out there with Marcus Smart, uh, Steven Adams and Kimba Walker. Like I, I, that is really intriguing to me. Right. And that is like a ridiculously good defensive lineup, you know, really other than Kimba. Um, and it's they're all high-level offensive and defensive players. So I, I really like the idea of this for them, honestly, almost more so than I do for the Thunder. Like, obviously, if you're the Thunder, you're just hoping that Gordon Hayward becomes what he was in Utah. And if you get that, then you're more than happy with the return obviously oh, yeah. for a guy like steven adams because you're getting an all-star caliber player um for the next two years and that again it, it lines up a lot with you know i think his contract would expire at the same time as as paul george's contract and so like the that lines up really well um it gives another option like you probably could start gordon hayward at the two you'd have it would shore up the wing depth and it would also shore up the bench in my opinion, because Gordon Hayward's another creator that you could have. And I really like the idea of being able to maximize the minutes that Paul George and Russell Westbrook play together because they do fit relatively well, you know, for as well as anybody can fit next to Russell Westbrook. Paul George is probably the best fit in the league. Um, And so if you could take Gordon Hayward and have him kind of run the second unit, like I think you're you're getting a lot of value um, out of that trade, and I think that the problem with this deal is simply you would, in all likelihood, the Thunder are probably going to need to get the Celtics to take back an Andre Robertson. Right. <laughs> because what everything we've heard is that the Thunder need to cut salary, and if you could throw Andre Robertson into this deal, then you're cutting about three million dollars of salary. Right. And that's not seeming doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're talking about the luxury tax, you're honestly probably cutting like twelve million dollars or ten million dollars off your luxury tax bill.
0: Yeah.
1: So you're saving a lot of money um, just by cutting the three million dollars off that salary. Um, And then, you you know, you still have the option. I think that, you know, I'm looking at Charlotte as a possibility in terms of maybe trying to dump Dennis Schroeder's salary. I think that that might be a good option or at least make a trade that like you could cut a little bit more salary from him as well, you know? Right. So
0: Which, I
1: don't know. Talking, yeah. about,
0: talking about Charlotte at point guards, right. that list of possible targets, I, Dennis Schroeder is in good company there. So.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't think I would see many lists where I would think that, Oh, Dennis Schroeder is by far the best point guard available on that list. But yeah, Dennis right. Schroeder's probably the yep, best player that was would be on that kind of well, in that group.
0: Charlotte, way to aim low. Um, yeah, yeah, but you were
1: saying, yeah, I don't, I, I just, I think that this is the kind of deal. If you get a Gordon Hayward, it becomes a lot easier to just dump Dennis Schroeder's salary because you do replace his playmaking and upgrade it. Honestly, even, I mean, Gordon Hayward from last year is a better player than. Dennis shooter. Like he wasn't great, but he's still a better basketball player than Dennis shooter. Um, so I, I think at that point it'd be a lot more kind of, it would be easier to swallow just flat out salary dumping Dennis shooter or not getting a playmaker in return, you know? So I think that this deal really checks all the boxes to me from the Oklahoma city side and it checks, most of the boxes from Boston side. The only box that really, like you said, is that Danny Ainge doesn't like fair trades. You know, yeah. so that that is the issue that you run into because it is pretty much, I think, a pretty fair trade for for what each player provides to each team. And then, you know, the the salary issue for the Thunder is they would have to find other ways to dump salary um, because I do I do think like they're not gonna look at this like if you trade steven adams and gordon hayward straight up they're going to be looking at oh gordon hayward makes six million dollars more than steven adams like that's 25 million dollars in luxury tax you know like they're not going to be super excited about that so there will have to be other other options and like hopefully i mean i think the easiest one would be throw throw andre robertson in he's on an expiring contract um, so maybe that's something that Boston would be interested in you might have to throw something else in you know maybe a future couple future second round picks um, to make this trade work but I really like the idea of the trade um, yeah it, it really covers a lot of the bases for the thunder specifically and obviously as thunder fans that's what we want right um, and it also like'm I'm, I'm thinking about a team with Gordon Hayward and Paul George right. and Russell that's- Westbrook yeah, like thinking to me, the
0: like cherry on the top here is a closing lineup of Westbrook, Ferguson, Hayward, George, and Grant.
1: Yeah, that's really that's a pretty impressive lineup that that's spreading the four, that's putting four shooters around Russell Westbrook. And I'm also just thinking about like Russell just not doing as much. Right. You know, like I don't I don't know if you can actually get him to do it, but all of the pieces in order for him to kind of take a true step back within the offense would be there because I think there are situations in a lot of cases that I would want Russell Westbrook to be the third option out of those three guys. Yeah. Um, And like, I don't know if it's possible, but if you could get Russ to accept being the third option and then like, I'm going to wind up actually being a really good defender because I don't have to do that much offensively anymore and just like go get rebounds and yeah. go push the pace and like, don't even worry about shooting, you know, average yeah. like 16 points a game or something, you right. know, like if
0: you could, like you could, I don't think it's possible to sell Russ on this. And this would be the perfect situation to sell Russ on. Like, look, just go destroy things, right? Yeah. Like this is a situation where you don't have to worry about putting the team on your back ever. At all. That's not your job. Your job is to go just, you know, wreak havoc. And mm-hmm. that is like, <laughs> that is the one thing he absolutely can't do. Just go be a disruptive force on both ends.
1: Yeah. Like, just, yeah, it, it gives Russell Westbrook, you know, it would be a, another way of him kind of channeling his aggression. And, you know, rather than taking just a million threes and a million mid-range jumpers, you know, like I I don't even care. Like they won't guard him, but put Russ in the corner and just have him stand there and then like go crash the offensive glass insanely hard. Right. You know, and like maybe he could develop into a decent three like corner three point shooter. Like I'm not I'm not high on Russell Westbrook's ability to develop as like a off the dribble three point shooter at all. But I'm. Outside of Andre Robertson, I'm pretty optimistic about pretty much anybody in the NBA developing a corner three-point shot. Right, And if you could just make Russell Westbrook a more tertiary piece of the offense that also tries defensively, that is where I think you're finally, like, that's the scenario in which I think you're getting a really, truly positive impact from Russell Westbrook from here on out. Um, and, like, again, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't even think the trade's going to happen. But that would be the benefit of it. And if you could just get Russ to chill the fuck out. Right. And just not. Yeah. Just don't think you have to shoot. You know, like go be freaking. Go be like a better Rondo. You know, like you're the best physical specimen in the NBA. Like go be that. But have the mentality of Rondo. And I don't even really like how Rondo plays. But I think Russ could do it a lot better.
0: You know. Like in my head, it was like, be the best possible future for Hamadou Diallo. Like, play like
1: that. Yeah, with more creation ability. Yeah. Like, I think that's absolutely in his wheelhouse. Or, like, a guy like Marcus Smart. Yeah. Like, who he's just, you know, just fucking everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Um, yeah, but, like, defensively and just the way that he just impacts the game, like, Russ could do that. Russ is smart enough to do it. Russ is obviously athletic enough to do it. He just has never done it before. And it it is time. Like, it's got to be, like, this would be a trade that could make that possible. And then it would be on him to actually embrace that role.
0: Right. Now I don't really want this to happen. I wasn't expecting to want this to happen as much as I do. Now
1: I do. Yeah, I've also totally come to the realization that um, I really don't feel loyalty (laughs) towards players on my team, (laughs) you know, and like, that's not necessarily a good thing. And like, I I don't ask that my favorite players show loyalty to my team either. So it's like, I, I feel like it's a fair trade off yeah like I'm not mad at Kevin Durant. I never was mad at Kevin Durant that he didn't show loyalty to Oklahoma City like that was never why I was right mad it's because but, like, he made
0: the team I like worse than the team I don't like
1: better like yeah exactly, like that's literally all it was, you know that it was not a personal thing, and i I could care less about a player showing loyalty to a team um right. but yeah, I think that that's yeah. That's that's pretty much where I am, because obviously I've pretty much turned on Russell Westbrook. I I mean, Paul George is cool. I like him, but it's like, you know, I'm pretty much ready to trade him if the season doesn't start well next year. You know, like that's just not. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the future, honestly, more than anything else. That right. The only player I might feel a little bit of loyalty to on the Thunder is Jeremy Grant. Because right. I like Jeremy Grant, but if we were to pay him like a lot of money, I probably would lose that pretty quickly. You know, he's on a super reasonable contract, and he like overproduces for that contract. So that's right. kind of where I'm at with him. So
0: yeah. you're sort of becoming a Nate Duncan type here, which is sad.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I feel like I enjoy basketball more than Nate Duncan though. That's true. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but we, we are getting close to we're getting close to saying here that the best thing a player can be is underpaid.
1: No, it's it. I mean, yes, you're you're totally right, and that I'm gonna talk about the Lakers here in a little bit and talk about their mentality and towards star players, and it's gonna, not it's not it's going to be contrary to what I have said as a fan, but I think that there's value in the way that they have approached it. Um, but let's talk. I, I've got. One last thing with the Celtics, and it's going to kind of lead into that Lakers talk, but um, I think that the Celtics, and I, I'm, I'm going to throw Daryl Morey in this absolutely as well, um, but like guys like Daryl Morey, Danny, Danny Ainge, I think Sam Hinkie was accused of this, and I think that if he had stuck around, that this might have wound up being his undoing as a GM. Like, I know we love what he did. And he did a really good job. But at a certain point, in order to make your franchise as attractive as it can be, like, you have to treat players like human beings. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Daryl Morey does not... He doesn't treat a single player on his roster like they're a human person. Like, he doesn't care about anybody. Like, he doesn't really even care about how the game meshes. Like, he just wants as many good players as he can possibly get, and then he just assumes that they're professionals and they'll work it out. And that, like, obviously, in the NBA, that is not the case, usually. You know what I mean? Like, they're, I think that they've pretty much done all they can do with James Harden and Chris Paul, and we're starting to see that, oh, this actually was always going to be a bad marriage. It's pretty much what everybody thought it was going to be when they got together. And now, instead of, like, well, let's, you know, try to make things a little bit better, you know, between them. He's trying to add a Jimmy Butler to that scenario. Right. Right. And, like, to me, that's insane. Like, how is how do you look at what the problems you're having as a team and think, you know what I this team needs? They need Jimmy Butler here, you know? And it's not even – I don't even dislike Jimmy Butler. Obviously, the guy's kind of an explosive personality and kind of a dick at times. But, like – the way he plays, it just yeah. does not – it does not match with what Chris Paul and James Harden do. And I think if you if you brought Jimmy Butler in, in order for it to work at all, it would involve Chris Paul be taking a humongous step back. Right. And that would only make the problems that they're having worse. Right. Like So it's just an insane thing. And I think it comes from the fact that Daryl Morey just doesn't think about that kind of thing. I think he's just like – I see star player X, Y, and Z. Let's try to get them because we can, like, there's right. nothing. That's all there is to it. And then I think Danny Ainge is, is similar in that he, it's all about asset management for him. Right? right. Like, I think the way, like, and if you looked at Kyrie Irving as a human being, evaluate what you've, you're getting with Kyrie Irving. You're literally getting a guy who doesn't want to play with LeBron James. Right. That should ring some bells, right? Right. Like, I don't think that what happened this year should have been some unforeseen thing. You got a guy in Kyrie Irving who did not want to play with LeBron James. He thought he he wanted to do his own thing, and he did not want to play with LeBron. To me, that's a huge red flag, and I don't think that's something he considered when that was the guy that he finally threw assets at. He didn't throw him at Paul George. He didn't throw him for Jimmy Butler or... Obviously, he didn't throw him for Kawhi Leonard last year. Like He right. threw him at Kyrie Irving, and I think that that's another miscalculation of just players as human beings. Like He didn't look at Kyrie Irving as Kyrie Irving. He looked at, okay, he's a potentially elite point guard with two years left on his contract. Like yeah, That's what he looked point, at
0: Kyrie Irving yeah, as. Kyrie Irving was like, a place to offload Isaiah Thomas. Like,
1: right, yeah, yeah, he looked at, yeah, I, I, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, he was like, yeah, we got everything out of him that we possibly could. We've got to get rid of him now, you yeah. know, and I think that he saw Cleveland as the team that felt like they needed a guy in Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas that could help immediately, even though he knew that Isaiah Thomas was probably cooked mm-hmm. and that, and like, that makes, that makes him look bad as a, as a GM and as a, as the Celtics as an organization, and it makes, it put them in a worse situation because they are going to lose Kyrie Irving and Al Horford for nothing. Yeah. And like, so even though like, I think the fact that, you know, they're still not going to be in a half bad situation. They might be a top three seed in the East next year. Like that speaks to how good he's a job he's done as an asset manager. But at the same time, it's always going to be hard for him to get the truly elite guys. He'll get Kimball Walker, he'll get Gordon Hayward or whatever, but like Anthony Davis wanted no part of that organization. Right. You know, and like, I don't think that they're ever really going to be able to land a guy like that because they look at how they've treated stars and they look at how Danny age just treats the basketball players on his team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I think that's absolutely part of it. Um, which is, <laughs> it's tricky to balance that with simultaneously like discounting ideas of loyalty. Right. Right. Um, But like when you do that, the result you create is an organization that values your players as human beings. um, Yeah. And understands that everyone involved is a professional and that this is a business.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that's a really good balance that the Thunder have found over the years. Like I think that, you know, James Harden's probably the one guy that, I guess maybe you could consider them not showing loyalty to, or maybe Serge, like if you're throwing him, but Serge also didn't want to be there. You know, right. like you could argue that Serge Ibaka, they helped him out because they knew he didn't want to be there any longer. And so they sent him away. They got something for him when they could. And they sent him to a, you know, a situation where he was going to go make a lot of money. Right. So I don't think that I that's think, a si- Or go yeah,
0: ahead. I, I, just, I don't think the thunder, it's not about loyalty. It's just about buy-in. Right. Yeah. Like, the Thunder don't need you to be loyal, but they need you to believe in what we're, th- they're doing as an organization.
1: Right. Yeah, and that, like, if if you don't, if you're not loyal to them and you leave, I think that they're okay with that as long as while you were there, you were 100% bought in. And I think, you know, Kevin Durant, especially, like, that guy was 100% a Thunder soldier while he was here. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone's going to argue that. And then they, like they would have done anything to get him back. They were trying everything. Russell Westbrook, another guy. Like, I think, I mean, anyone could have looked at the contract that they gave Russell Westbrook and thought, yeah, that's probably going to be a really bad contract in a couple years. It's probably become a bad contract sooner than we thought. But the Thunder didn't hesitate to give that to him because he's a guy that is completely bought into their organization and he's been there for a long time. And I think that that is what, I think it's more important And that's kind of shown as loyalty from an organization to a player. I think it's far more important for an organization to show that to the player than it is for a player to show it to an organization, in my opinion.
0: Right. Well, it's just, it's about, um, I mean, because there's certainly, like, disloyalty is a problem, right? Yeah. Where if a player buy, like, if you have a player who buys in, you know, You like an organization shouldn't screw that player over. Like I would argue, the Celtics screwed Isaiah Thomas over. Um, Yeah,
1: hundred percent.
0: Um, but at the same, so there's a degree to which you know, yeah, like loyalty in the sense of buy-in needs to be repaid in buy-in, like literal buy-in in terms of, like Russ's contract. Um, but you know, it's not a situation where. Both sides know it's a business and that if a trade uh, could be mutually beneficial, both sides would be amicable to a trade.
1: Yeah, I agree 100 percent. I think that another guy that I mean, we need to talk about the Lakers. Right. Right. And that that plays into this because the Lakers have been. Largely mismanaged over the last few years like i don't think anybody is going to argue that the fact like giving Timothy mozgov and luau dang those contracts those are those are huge problems like obviously you can't do that right um and they have they've made a lot of mistakes over the years um but i don't think anyone can accuse the lakers of not being loyal to their superstar players like they're probably the most loyal to their like They I mean, Magic Johnson is still involved in the organization after everything he did. Right. Right. Like he left randomly without telling anybody and he's still a part of free agency pitches because they're that loyal to him. Right. Kobe Bryant. He shouldn't be. Right. But (laughs) yeah, exactly. But it's still it's like once you're a Laker, you're a freaking Laker and you're not going anywhere like you're they're always going to love you. They still love Shaq. They love Kobe. Um, and I think that that, more than anything, is the most appealing thing to superstars. You know, obviously they're in Los Angeles, which is great, sure. But I think Anthony Davis wanted to come to the Lakers because, first of all, LeBron was there. LeBron wanted to come to the Lakers because they're in LA. And he knew that if he goes there, he will be the freaking king of Los Angeles, you know, and right. like they, and he will be a legend forever. And they will pay him probably until he's, like, ready to retire. He will be making top money until he's ready reti- ready to retire. That's what they did with Kobe. They gave Kobe two years and $48 million after he tore his Achilles just because of what he had given them in the past. And I don't think that that's something that uh, Kawhi Leonard was overlooking. Like, Kawhi Leonard, oh, the Lakers are now the betting favorite for Kawhi. And, I, and that's obviously not something that Kevin – or not Kevin, but – LeBron James and Anthony Davis overlooked either like I think that they look at the Lakers as the Just total opposite of the Boston Celtics and they are in many many ways Um, And I think that they value that over a lot more over the fact that yeah, if I were to go to the Celtics It would be a great winning situation But they might shit me out as soon as they're done with me They ship Paul Pierce as soon as they were done with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett They ship both those guys out and to set them up with a great future But it also, like, if they had paid Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett until they retired, maybe Anthony Davis is interested. And then who's in the better situation, right? Right.
0: Right. No, there's... Because I absolutely think there's no question that the Celtics' reputation as an organization that has a cold relationship with its talent um, plays into their free agency woes. Um Like there's not a question at all that like what they did to Isaiah Thomas wasn't weighing on Anthony Davis's mind and that Rich Paul wasn't aware of like what could happen to his clients on the Celtics.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think I, I just think that I look at what the Lakers have done and obviously it hasn't been great, but at the same time they lost a generational player in Kobe Bryant to a career ending injury, essentially like, and teams get bad after that happens. Yeah. That's how it goes. Look at the Bulls. They were horrendous after Michael Jordan left them. Right? That's just kind of how it is. And I think until the late, like, if you didn't have the Luol Deng and Timofey Mozgov contracts, I would largely look at what the Lakers done as the right thing. Like, they kept everything clean for the future. They tanked when they needed to. They kept their draft picks when they needed to. They draft re- drafted reasonably well. Like it's, they're not, they've done a lot of weird things and it's looked bad on the outside. But if you really look at how the situation that they've put themselves in, like you can't look at it as anything, but they are at least somewhat competent. There are things that they do extremely well and there are absolutely things they do extremely well that are completely undervalued by the average NBA fan.
0: Right. I think obviously, um, You know, their reputation as an organization that takes care of its stars is certainly part of what brought LeBron there. I wouldn't say it's all of what brought LeBron there. I think that Hollywood was a big part of that, obviously. Um, And once LeBron is there, you know, at that point, (laughs) though, as much as we talk about loyalty for stars, you know, the Lakers didn't show a ton of loyalty to players like D'Angelo Russell or... So, you could argue yeah. that there wasn't buy-in. Um, or, I mean, anyone not named Kyle Kuzma. Um,
1: right. I'm not saying, like, they definitely are not loyal to every player. They kind of shuffle things around, around their stars. But if you are a star, which those are the guys that really matter in the NBA. Right. If you're in Los Angeles, you are the you're the man. Like, that's all that matters to them, right? Right. Like, they only care about stars. And, like, sure, yeah, I'm not saying that you know, Pat Beverly or whatever needs to be all in on going to the Lakers or whatever. Like, I'm not saying that role players, it's like a role player heaven, but I think it's a star player heaven.
0: No, I agree. Um, to me, it's going to be fascinating to see how this team fills out around LeBron, AD and Kawhi, because that's an incredible core, but yeah, like there's nothing else. Um, yeah. At the, well, at the same time, Um, like I, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing because like, if you're a player looking to ring chase and willing to sign for a veteran minimum, you're not going to consider literally any other team. Yeah. If you could be on the Lakers, like you would be on the Lakers, which is bad news news for the Thunder, by
1: the way, but right, right, um, right. It's, it's not good. Um, the deal is if the Lakers get Kawhi Leonard, they're going to win the championship next year if they're healthy like I honestly don't care who they sign around them. Like that's three top 6 or 7 players including maybe the top two players in the league. Right. No, absolutely. You're going to win championship. Right. It's going to happen. Like yeah. it is to me it is as certain as the Warriors were that they would win it in my opinion. I f- firmly believe that because I just look at the value of having like Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are great. But both of those got, neither of them are even close to the third best player that the Lakers would have. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. So, um, my only concern with that
0: is I agree that they should be obviously the heavy favorites to win. I don't think it's a certainty because, specifically, we're talking about three guys who, like, Kawhi had to undergo serious load management this year. And yeah. And even then, he was, like, looking injured in the playoffs. Anthony Davis has a history of injury. LeBron is coming off his, you know, first real injury of his career. Um, 100%. I have have concerns about a roster built so heavily around three guys who are all, like, maybe questionable in terms of their
1: health. Yeah, Um, no, I 100% agree. It's, I mean, it
0: is absolutely the best move for the Lakers to make. It's just annoying because to me it feels like such – like there's something really 2K about just dumping your entire roster to sign LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis.
1: Yeah, no, it, it is very – it's not – it's a fantasy land, and there's only one team in the league that can pull this off, and it's the right. Lakers. Um, but, I, I mean, again, like, yeah, if they're healthy in the playoffs, there's nobody beating that team. It's yeah. not going to happen. Like yeah. it's, you can get, you know, like the bucks will be a cute little team with a bunch of depth and that's cool. They have Giannis, but the Lakers will just put Kawhi on him and they'll still have LeBron James and Anthony. Day. Like right. there's nothing you're doing with that. Like I, I'm sorry. Like it's, it's as, as certain to me as it was when the Warriors did it. And I'm like, I'm not rooting for this. I, I like the Lakers, but I don't want them to get Kawhi because I would like more uncertainty. Like, I like the idea of going into a season not knowing who the champ's going to be or not knowing even who's going to be in the finals. Like, I think that would be awesome. So I'm, I'm rooting for them to get like D'Angelo Russell. I think that'd be really cool to see. Um, but I mean, they are the betting favorites for Kawhi right now. Um, right. and like the one saving grace is that I do want LeBron to win championships and I want LeBron to wind up winning more than Kobe just so Kobe fans can shut up. Um, right. So it would be cool if they could win three or something with LeBron. And so he could pass Kobe and tie Jordan. Like it would be yeah. amazing if he could get to seven because I hate Michael Jordan fans and Kobe fans. I also just don't like Michael Jordan in general. Like I think he's kind of an ass. So I would love for LeBron to yeah. pass him in championships.
0: Here's some. Um, this is entirely unrelated to free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been something I've been dwelling on. Um, so, obviously, Jordan inspired, like, a whole generation of players to emulate him.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: uh, the the biggest example is Kobe, obviously. But there are a lot of other guys who set out to become isolation scoring guards um, in emulation of MJ. And I guess my question, like... Where is the LeBron generation? Did that happen and we miss it? Or has it not happened yet? Where are the players who set out to become LeBron James?
1: Uh, I mean, I think... You know, I think Zion, and to a certain extent, it's, it's kind of there with Zion. Like, I mean, he's a different kind of player. Well, but... is, it,
0: is it just the sort of thing where, like, you can be Jordan if you're 6'6", and can shoot
1: an athletic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. But like, it is like the physical requirement of being LeBron James. Like, is that too much a part of who LeBron is for him to inspire like emulation?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that there are, pl- there are definitely players that have emulated LeBron. I look, look how many guys are primary creators that are wings in the NBA right now. I think LeBron yeah. plays a role in that. Um, but I, I think there's a couple things that, like, I think that, yes, it's easier to emulate Michael Jordan or Kobe. I think Kobe is a very popularly emulated player. Um, but there is a certain amount of the fact that you're, you don't only have to be one of the most freakish athletes of all time to play like LeBron. You also have to be a really, really good passer. You know, like,
0: yeah,
1: it's, LeBron's probably yeah. the best passer to ever play basketball right you know
0: it's i don't know it's fascinating to me because like the Steph generation is here
1: it's right? coming yeah it's coming more more and more
0: right and it, so i don't know that to, that to me is really interesting that it feels like there should have been a, and maybe the lebron generation has just been really subtle because emulating lebron without being lebron just means that you're like a starting caliber small
1: forward in the nba right yeah Um, no it's it's just it's ridiculously hard to do and i think a certain to a certain extent kobe has been the more popular guy to emulate right so there are more guys that are like oh yeah kobe was my favorite player growing up love kobe wanted to be like kobe and i i just i don't feel like we've heard that as much with like i don't know off the top of my head guys that were like oh i was a huge lebron fan yeah,
0: that's the, that. To me, is the thing: is it's like who is even like openly ex, like who has even like openly said that this is their goal that they want to be LeBron.
1: And yeah, I've like, never heard of it. Every, before.
0: Everybody wants to be Kobe.
1: Yeah, right. I've Kyle honestly Kuzma never heard that.
0: Um, right.
1: Yeah, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah.
0: Right. A player who has much more physical similarities to LeBron, who plays LeBron's right. position and not Kobe's position, but is emulating Kobe. That, that to me is
1: interesting. Yeah. I think Giannis is a guy like you have to look at Giannis and there's definitely right. some LeBron James there. He has a completely different body type, but just the way that he goes about playing is very similar to LeBron. Right. Um, I don't know if he's come out and been like, yeah, LeBron was my, I, I don't know that, but like Giannis is one of, is like one of the only guys that I've seen that. Yeah. He's kind of the new age LeBron. Yeah. Like he's different yeah. physically, but he plays similarly. Yeah, Um, he does what he can. The
0: fascinating thing to me is that obviously plays more similarly to to LeBron than Kobe. But Mm where's Kobe's shoes? Ask Kobe for a goal a couple of years ago when
1: Kobe was handing
0: out. Like, yeah. Does Giannis think of himself as part of like the Kobe generation? This is really interesting. This is really strange to me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, and I think that Kevin Durant has kind of cut in on that too because there are guys that are. Physically similar to Kevin Durant. There are more guys like that than there are the to physically similar to LeBron. Right. Um, so I think that, you know, if a guy like Brandon Ingram, it's like, yeah, I want to be like KD, you know, like, yeah, those kind of guys grow yeah. up wanting to emulate that there. And I think that the overall, the baseline skill level has improved for guys that are big power forwards or really long, like small forward types because of guys like LeBron and, Um, and Kevin Durant, but they just, you know, maybe like guys just aren't as willing to be like, Oh yeah, LeBron was my,
0: absolutely my favorite player growing up. It's just so interesting to me that the guy that you and I both believe is the best basketball player of all time is not the like basketball paradigm the way Jordan or Kobe
1: were. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like, yeah, it's the dude is just there just aren't people like him, you know, like Zion is like the, the first guy since LeBron that you're thinking, okay, he is that kind of athlete, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking about Zion. Like, you know, Zion's a guy we've never seen before. He's bigger than LeBron, but that's like, he's the first guy that's had the same type of size as LeBron or more.
0: Yeah. And I guess like there's, I mean, there's also some, there's a degree to which like, um, People see being Kobe or being Jordan as a matter of like, right? Though, like, even though both of those players are obviously dealing with astonishing physical gifts, right? Um, yeah. Like their play style, fill it like philosophically speaking, it's about skill and determination and mentality. Um, that like that's their brand, right? Is the skill and determination and mentality aspect, and not the yeah, we're six six with like six nine wingspans and hands the size of dinner plates, right? Um, and um, and th- like so that that ties in, I think, a little bit to like how bigs, you know, bigs don't like bigs don't talk about emulating Shaq. They talk, they go and they learn from Hakeem.
1: Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I feel like going and trying to. Learn from Shaq would be the most frustrating thing in the world because I feel like Shaq would just be like, just push him, and dunk it. You know, like I (laughs) feel like that's how it would be, and like that's just not something that anybody can do. You know, like there's there's nobody like that. So yeah, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting conversation to have, man. Like I I agree with you. I think it's it's fun to have that conversation, and like it's also going to be really fun if if Kawhi Leonard does go there. I mean, that's going to be must-watch TV, mean, obviously. Yeah, like, yeah. They'll also be a think great, think great Kobe, team. To me, the really interesting thing is going to be talking about Kawhi versus Kobe. In yeah. Games.
0: Because Kawhi plays exactly like Kobe.
1: Yeah, the thing is, I don't think anyone... I think it's... I mean, I think, honestly, Kawhi at his best right now is better than Kobe ever was. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you'll ever get... I don't think you'll ever be put on that pedestal you know, like, right.
0: Well, because who are the Kawhi stands,
1: right? Yeah. Who is He's that? just not that kind of personality. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's playing against him a lot, but yeah, yeah I don't, man, I, it's going to be fun, man. I I hope that if you had to pick, where would you, where do you want Kawhi to go?
0: Where do I want Kawhi? Um, I mean, I want him to stay in the East. So him staying with the Raptors would be fine with,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Um, I I'm, I, I I would probably be extremely annoyed after it happens, but right now I'm like low key rooting for him to go to the Clippers, just because I think it would be really cool to see the city of Los Angeles having the Clippers with Kawhi, and then the Lakers with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like, I think that would be right. a really cool rivalry. I am. Um,
0: I would be, I don't want this to happen, really, because I think the only place it could possibly happen is New York. Um, and I just want the Knicks to strike out completely. Um, but Katie and Kawhi teaming up, like there was a report earlier today that.
1: That could on those. the on the Clippers, too.
0: Well, yeah. That would be fun. That would be, actually, that to me is by far the most interesting thing that could
1: happen. Katie and Kawhi versus LeBron and AD all in yeah. LA. Yeah. That would be um, real that would be awesome. Yeah. It's like, really, really awesome. Yeah.
0: Also because I just the Clippers with KD and Kawhi is amazing because who roots for that team?
1: Yeah. Like the, you got <laughs> the two
0: most standless superstars in the history of the league on right. the Los Angeles B team.
1: Yep. Yeah, you have those two and then like LeBron has a massive fan base. And I mean, he has a massive hater base as well, but right. he's got a lot of fans, and it's just the freaking Lakers, you know. And I think Anthony Davis's popularity is going to skyrocket once he actually gets there, you know, like that right. dude. He's going to be starting every all star game for the next eight years, probably.
0: Um, speaking of the Knicks, um, what on earth? The Knicks gonna do. Remember when the Knicks traded Kristaps Porzingis to clear cap space?
1: Yeah, that's really looking more and more like. I think the conventional wisdom was that they had a commitment from somebody, Mm -hmm. Um, but what if you look at it through the lens of that they just didn't want to pay Kristaps Porzingis a max contract after the ACL at that size. (laughs) I think that's pretty dumb of them, but I think it's wrong. But if you also look at the way that they accomplished a lot in that trade, they got some potentially really valuable draft picks. They got a decent looking pro Dennis Smith is problematic in a lot of ways, but he has potential. Like there's some stuff there to work with and they got off like multiple bad contracts. Mm-hmm. So like, to me they strike out and they might not be in a worse position than they were with Chris Stapps. Um, But obviously that's going to, you know, how Chris Stapps comes back from his injury is going to play a huge role in that. But like, if he comes back and he's like an all-star every year and is like a MVP type player, then obviously, yeah, they're going to look really stupid. Um, But I think that there is a little more upside for them not getting anybody than what we thought there was, you know, after losing Chris Stapps. But like, they're – I I don't really like their young players. Like, I, no. R.J. Barrett there scares the hell out of me. Right, especially um, I think, if they really do go
0: after Andrew Wiggins.
1: Like, oh, my God. Like, if they wind up getting Andrew Wiggins, then that's going to be the worst team in basketball for the next five years. Like, yep. there's just
0: yep.
1: – like, Andrew Wiggins is, like, the downside possibility of R.J. Barrett. Yeah,
0: he represents – like. exactly what you hope R.J. Barrett does not become.
1: Yeah, and then putting them together, like that's just... And then you have Dennis Smith at point guard, maybe. Like that's going to be the worst defensive team in the history of basketball. Like there's just nothing good going on.
0: I mean, I think you pointed out that if they do sign Boogie as well, which has been reported that, uh, to quote here, imagine, quoting Alex here, imagine starting... Dennis Smith, RJ, Wiggins, Knox, Boogie. They're going to win six games.
1: I think yep. it's
0: probably about what you said. Just yeah. no capacity to defend. No real capability Nothing. to create shots in the perimeter
1: for others. Um, right. So RJ, are- RJ would by far be the best playmaker on that team. And, yeah. like, RJ has some potential there, but at the same time, it's like, if you're playing with Wiggins and Dennis Smith and those guys, like they're just gonna I, take I don't, turns at the high post. I like, agree. It's like it's just gonna be post. ISO, ISO, ISO. Yeah. Right. God, I feel bad for whoever's coaching that basketball team. I don't even. I don't, I don't even know who their coach is right now. Oh, it's Fisdale. <laughs> at least he's a decent coach. Like maybe he could right. develop. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. I I am really excited about the idea of. The Nets, I really want KD to wind up with the Nets. I want him and Kyrie to happen. It's looking like that might not be a thing. Like, I, I'm kind of scared that he's going to sign a five-year deal with the, the Warriors, and that's going to suck. Yeah. That's going to suck a lot. But um, barring that happening, like it would be cool to see the Nets become like a perennial power um, while the Knicks are still terrible, and then the Lakers become good again. Like Because the Knicks just... They can't get out of their own way. They have the worst owner, maybe in sports. And there's just nothing to look forward to there as a Knicks fan. You know, I can't imagine. I like, imagine what Stephen A. Smith is going to be saying if they strike out on everybody. (laughs) Like, it's going to be hilarious. Right.
0: Yeah. Do we, uh, I've sort of got to move towards wrapping things up. Um right. Is there anything else we really need to cover in this? There's more. There's more, obviously. D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves is really interesting. Jimmy Butler's first free agency meeting is actually going to be with the Heat. Um, Another
1: team that doesn't have cap space.
0: Right. Um, just so many questions. This is going to be really exciting. This is maybe not the last podcast we record in the next three days. So we'll right. be paying attention to your feed. Um you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or Podbean. Um, if you enjoy it, you know, leave us a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. Let people know about this hip, iconoclastic ThunderPod um, that will eventually get back to covering OU news. Without Bill, Bill Conley's not doing a season preview of OU this year, so we're going to have to fill that gap, I think, for a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, which
0: I'm not really looking forward to. but um, yeah Uh, follow us on twitter at rwmaxi and at alex p purdy Um, and we'll talk to you again very soon